Yes, of course, almost everything in our businesses has changed to some degree, and that means some important components of your business conversations must change, and quickly. But where should you focus? Where can you start? Well, let's set your plan right now. Today, it's a solo episode on the five steps for managing your growth message on the Manage Your Message podcast. Welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast, where professionals come for ideas and inspiration to grow by talking about their businesses more effectively and getting lots of other people to do the same. Here is your host, consultant, professional speaker, and author, Jim Carr. Come on in and welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast. I'm Jim Carr. I help professionals and entire organizations to get the most out of their everyday business conversations, the ones that generate by far the most growth opportunities. For whom are you managing your message? Well, it could be your sales team, your account and customer service teams, in fact, any of your employees or volunteers, any indirect sellers such as distributors or affiliates your current customers or clients, your friends in the community. They can all help you to be heard above the noise, to stand out from others, and to grow. And that's what we're talking about today. A solo episode in a little more free form than usual. I have some notes as well as a one-page guide that I have prepared for you that can help you put some principles into practice right away. I'm recording this episode at the beginning of 2021, but regardless of the calendar and whatever propensity you might have for making New Year's resolutions, I really don't do that, but you might. But regardless, enormous changes have imposed themselves on business, and that means big changes in what the people inside your business know and feel and are prepared to talk about, plus big changes in how your customers and prospects are approaching their businesses and their lives. We all need to get ahead of that. That means likely need to change some elements of your business message, specifically change one or more key conversations. Now, this is a big and a misunderstood topic still. Some business leaders, some professionals think of their message as their pitch or their mission or slogan or history, or any of a zillion other potential things to include when they are quote-unquote educating the market. Others default to thinking about tactics or hacks, how to build rapport and trust, how to best lead Zoom meetings, how to deal with objections or make eye contact, or use voices and body language, how to get people to open an email, on and on. Now, if those are some of the things that come to mind for you, and some things that you might want to improve upon in the next year, then you're not misguided. You're certainly not wrong. But all of that is likely too much to consider and to tackle for yourself and certainly for your team. That's one of the reasons for this podcast and for my book, The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. Through my published research, my time as a corporate CMO, especially during the last decade or so, I've been working directly with dozens of businesses, hundreds of executives, and thousands of professionals and individual salespeople. It's become 
quite clear that the key is to focus and to focus on a few specific types of conversations that likely hold the key to your growth. That might be prospect conversations to get new business. Could be conversations to expand your sales or raise your service levels to existing customers, some combination of all those. It's my experience, and that has been relentlessly supported in surveys and the experiences of other consultants and coaches, that most business leaders and most professionals have far more confidence in the value of what they offer than in how to best talk about it. And that is, in my view, wrong. It's certainly frustrating, and that's limiting your growth potential. The good news is that it is a manageable business growth issue. Now, in my book, I set out a three-component structure for making this very complex area much more simple and practical. And many readers and listeners have told me that my symbol of this three-legged stool has made it much easier to remember and put into practice. The three-legged stool involves your message, your messengers, and your management habits. And we can get into that detail, but still, the most difficult part often is just getting started, especially when you consider the terrible impact that the pandemic and other environmental factors have had on so many businesses. And in some cases, the immediate opportunities that the business now has as we look eagerly to what I believe will be, should be, a robust recovery during 2021. So this episode is about a simple roadmap for you to be able to get started and to keep things on track throughout the year, even as more changes will inevitably happen. I'll review the things to consider for putting those three components together and driving growth in your business, given your circumstances. Now, it's actually five steps, as I've found in practice when I've been working with clients across many different industries and of many different sizes. And speaking to audiences across industries, there is a strategic step to include at the beginning and an immediate implementation step to include at the end. The good news is that this need not be some long, drawn-out process. You should be able to put this together relatively quickly, and you can expect results in your business pretty quickly as well, without necessarily having to change your business model or your pricing or distribution or your team. And I will try not to even mention the word pivot in this episode. Oh, I just did. I have a one-page sheet, as I mentioned, that can help. It'll be in the show notes. You can also find it on my website, jimcarr.com, K-A-R-R-H. You may message me on LinkedIn. I'll be happy to share it there. You could send an email to me at jimcarr.com. Try to make this as accessible as possible. It's a one-page PDF, easy for you to do yourself. You can do it with your team as well. So here are the steps. I'll talk you through it. And yes, you absolutely should follow them in this order if you want the best chance of success. Step one, identify the business value to create. Now, why do I recommend that you first state clearly the why you're changing a growth message in the first place? Well, I have been part of dozens and dozens of change initiatives. And at some point, the people involved ask that very question. It's all too easy for a leader or a committee to get excited about some flavor of the month program that doesn't connect to the go-to-market strategy or the growth plan. Now, 
the, the business value you're looking for might be, in your case, internal, could be external. Oftentimes, it's both. But most commonly, is growth of a specific kind. New customer acquisition or retention could be cross-selling or upselling, very common. Bundling or unbundling some offering or expanding into a new territory, integrating an acquisition, whatever that may be. But we want to identify what function or activity is involved, what is happening today, where the future, the near future could be, and what would be the value to the business. So you could take one example of retention rate of customers over some period of time, why that's important. Well, the, the, the function is going to be, it could be all the way from onboarding activities to the conversations that we have with existing clients, offers that we make to them, the way that we check in, the way that we do business reviews, that involves a few conversations as well. But that function of customer success, how we are approaching it today, and importantly, what are the metrics? What is the retention rate that we have and what are the costs of those activities? Where could it be if we do a better job with our, our messaging and our communication? And what would be the value to the business of keeping key accounts on board longer and selling more things to them. You can probably put in some, some dollars and cents and metrics into that. But it just is important here to identify the business value that we're trying to create, what our starting point is and where we're going. That ensures that you're going to be keeping this initiative a priority, that everyone knows how to track progress, and that no one is ever at a loss for an answer to the question, why are we doing this again? After you've identified the business value to create, it's time for step two, which is getting the message ready. Now, overall, what we want here is to think of the message as something akin to how human beings talk to one another. That means being memorable, conversational, and authentic. And so I have a series of questions. I draw them from the end of chapter exercises and questions in the book. They're also just based on my experience in working with leadership teams and sales teams and marketing teams and customer service teams and the like. Just what is it that people say and ask and do in those conversations? So among the questions that you should ask yourself and other members of your team that are helping you through this process is first, take a fresh look at how you're delivering the message today, whether that be online, offline, or both. I mean, what are you saying? Which words and phrases and visuals are the most common? And also compare those to the messages from your competition, the people in your industry. And I found, we've talked about it on the podcast in, in many, many occasions, our brains tend to get us to a comfort level. And over time, businesses and professionals in the same industry or in the same area tend to start sounding a lot like one another over time. Are you sounding like others? Do you use similar examples? Are you using industry speak and acronyms and technical phrases, or are you clearly different? We also include in the book some words and focus areas that have been proven over time to gain interest, which often means focusing your message to be more external than internal. And then think about customer stories. Which ones are worth sharing widely? Are you sharing them today? And do people feel confident 
in knowing those stories, being prepared to share them and how to deliver them. So that's the second part about getting the message ready. In practice, what are the hardest parts? Frankly, it's talking less about ourselves because our brains tend to reward us for talking about ourselves. They give us a little chemical hit when we we start talking too much about our features and our functions and our founding story and our mission and our vision, all of those things that are mostly about us. So breaking out of that habit and indexing more toward the external to our customers and prospects and communities. That's the first hardest part is talking less about ourselves. The second hardest part is saying fewer things. And as we put together messaging playbooks and conversational guides, which I do with clients all the time, often find is, oh, there's so much here. And I found it harder to say three things about us that make us different rather than eight things about us that we think make us different. So paring down the message in a way that can be memorable as we deliver it and memorable as other people hear it. There is certainly a discipline that's involved. It's counter to what we think is important, which is just more volume of information to go out there. But I can tell you that oftentimes less is more. So getting to talk less about ourselves and saying fewer things and making it more human and conversational really is the key in that step of getting your message ready to share more widely and more consistently. And again, that's often where what I call a messaging playbook or a conversational guide, some source of conversational truth becomes very powerful. And that brings us to step three, which is to prepare the messengers, the very human beings who we want to share that message, share the stories, listen, respond, and help lead those conversations. So this is not, in my view, effective to just being generic training on, for example, communication skills. Again, that's not wrong, but it's simply not focused enough either, not for what is so important to accomplish as you set out from the beginning about the the business value that you want to create. So among the things that I would have you consider among your group of messengers and potential messengers is first, consider everyone inside the organization, whether they are front of the office, back of the office, customer facing, whatever. Where do they fit in the customer experience? So who has the most contact with customers? And you want to set out the highest priority internal messengers that you have. Now, go from there and think about people outside of your business, your current customers or clients or members. Who are your most enthusiastic fans? What are they saying about you today? That's something you can build upon. Then look at this as a portfolio of people who are interested in you, know something about you, but they need to be equipped in the right way with the right knowledge, skill, and confidence of sharing your message. So you would want to take that list of people inside and outside the business and rate where you think everyone is and whatever scale you care to use. I'd keep it very, very simple. Uh, maybe red light, yellow light, green light, something along those lines. Think about what is it that they know and their skill in communication and their confidence level and how you can help boost that over time. I also, when I think about preparing the messengers, and oftentimes this can be acutely an issue at not-for-profits, 
certainly within the corporate realm as well. Think about those who are well-intentioned but overly enthusiastic messengers. Sometimes they need to be gently reined in. They're the people who enjoy talking so much about the organization and what it does that they rarely listen. Or it can be people who get frustrated at others who don't get it and they start getting into in-group, out-group language, which we can talk about more as well. So sometimes you have people who are very well-intentioned and very passionate. They can be powerful messengers for you, but they might need a little gentle reining in. So on to step four, reinforcing effective management habits. We have to establish some cold, hard truths here. When it comes to management, I'm not talking about necessarily the people themselves, again, their their training or experience or intention, but about their skill and our self-awareness and our perceptions. The fact is most managers and leaders aren't as good at communication as they believe. And that has been a consistent finding in surveys over the years. If you ask managers how good they believe they are at communication, then you ask their direct reports how good that manager is at it. And there's a huge disparity. I'm talking maybe 40, 50 percentage points on typical surveys. And so while many managers and leaders are overconfident about their communication acumen, most also haven't been coached in business growth conversations. And those who do it well in practice say that charismatic company leader or the top sales producers Those people can appear to be more natural and intuitive. They're unconsciously competent. That means, unfortunately, that if you're trying to scale that skill, it can be very difficult. I've seen that phenomenon far too many times. The other people inside the company might admire those few people who seem to have cracked the code, but then it stops there. They don't think they have the personality or the skill set to be anywhere close to that level. So they admire those people, but they continue to depend upon a small number of leaders to carry the load for generating opportunities. And that's difficult, if not impossible, to scale. All the You need to expand that portfolio of messengers and the way that people are equipped to go forward. So in step four, for reinforcing or setting effective management habits. First, think through which of the managers or the people who are helping lead and set the example, who among them, if any, have training in customer-level conversations? How well are managers prepared to serve as conversational coaches to their direct reports? Because even if you have a sophisticated training program or continuing ed program, there are going to be times in practice later on people still will have questions about the how. How do I say this? Which story to share? How do I pose a question in this way? How do I change it for this type of audience? You need a ready conversational coach. And oftentimes I find that that's just not something that that teams and organizations are, are really prepared for. And if your organization is experiencing change, then what are employees saying about that? Do they understand the reasons for change? It comes back to our first point. And there is so much change fatigue generally. And as we record this in very early 2021, people are exhausted 
from the level of change and change that's been placed upon them over which they have little control and oftentimes don't even have a timetable for how things are going to play out. So we have to make sure that this initiative is done in a way that's kept a priority, but done so in the right way. And we're meeting people with things that they can do. As a final piece to think about in this step, make sure the leadership is committed to providing messaging tools and support and encouragement to help make those needed changes stick. This isn't, again, it should not be some one-off training program. It should not be the flavor of the month, and it should be something that people can begin to develop the skill, the confidence, you share the wins, you socialize this process, and it becomes the way that we're going to talk about ourselves, the way that we're going to listen to the marketplace, and an important part of how we're going to grow. Final step, step five, prioritize your next conversations. And in this one sheet, all that's there is a blank box. This is where you've got to do the work of thinking, where do we focus? As a practical matter, though, I definitely want you to think about a specific small number of conversations that are critical for you to deliver on the business value that you set out in step one. Now, you might want to beta test this or or set some sort of pilot in one group with one conversation. In most cases, however, I believe you can prioritize two or three. So for example, you might be looking to grow through expanding your existing accounts or customers. That would likely mean there are two or three new types of buyers within those accounts. Here's one example. I had a client in the materials handling and supply chain world. They had to move beyond, not away from, but to expand beyond their traditional buyer who had a job in the warehouse. And they needed to make their case to finance officers and to risk managers. And that essentially meant three key growth conversations. First, they had to figure out how to best leverage their relationships with warehouse managers in order to get the right introductions and set themselves up for success. Then conversations two and three were with finance and risk management buyers, which were related but not identical. Their salespeople, their leadership just didn't have a lot of experience in speaking to those types of buyers, being able to demonstrate value, answer their questions, speak their language, share the right sorts of stories. So we created tracks within a messaging playbook that are specific to those, in that case, three conversations. So as you come back around, think through what is the business value we need to create? What are the outcomes that we need to achieve? And then what are the the key conversations? I would say, again, likely two or three. It's not eight or 10. That's too much change at one time. But focus on the ones that uh, will absorb the most variance, to speak statistical terms, the ones that are the most important to achieving those outcomes. There you have it. Five steps for managing your new growth message based in science and based in a lot of practice and things that I've seen go well and where I've seen some things go awry. Now, 
here's how I help business clients and professional groups. I speak to teams. I can speak at your meeting in person, virtual or hybrid programs. I do consulting engagements. I do training and advisory work for all points of this process. But, and then this is not a pitch, whether you do this on your own or you seek help from others or you're interested in my help, please do this because in a period of rapid change and readjustment, you and your team need to have your message straight and clear and be able to share it consistently and confidently. Your customers and prospects and partners need your help in making sense of 2021 and beyond. Someone is going to lead them through that process. Why not that be you and your business? As I mentioned earlier, this is a manageable business issue. It need not be a business growth problem for you. I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast, whether you are a returning message manager listener or if this is your first time in. New listeners are finding us through good pods, through personal recommendations or lists. We did make a popular list shared on LinkedIn as one of the top podcasts for binge listening during the pandemic. We want to keep that momentum going post-pandemic. I welcome your thoughts and ideas. I would welcome a LinkedIn connection. Just mention that you heard me here or maybe that you heard me as a podcast guest somewhere else or read some of my stuff, whatever. I also ask that you share your five-star rating and review and subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. This takes less than a minute and it helps us to continue producing the podcast and to help other business professionals like you to find us. Until next time, message managers, thanks for joining the conversation. Thanks for joining us on the Manage Your Message podcast with Jim Carr. You'll find show notes and other resources at managermessagepodcast.com and jimcarr.com. Please help us serve you and other message managers by subscribing to, rating, and reviewing this podcast. And connect with Jim on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Jim Carr. Until next time, we hope your business message is shared well and often.